the Hailsham News Podcast. Welcome to the first edition of the Hailsham News Podcast. Now, this has been created in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. At Hailsham News, we felt residents had a lot of questions that aren't necessarily being answered. So we've created this podcast to hopefully do just that. Now, over the coming weeks and months, and even after that, if these are well received, we'll be bringing you the latest news from Helsham and the surrounding areas relating to the coronavirus breakout and any other important information you need to know. So let's get cracking. In this first episode, our reporter Martina Mercer is talking to Joe, who is a healthcare assistant at a local nursing home. Joe took some time out of her busy schedule to highlight the difficulties being faced by workers caring for the local vulnerable. You have been affected by the pandemic and so you decided to post a story on social media. I'm going to read it out okay. and we'll talk briefly about that. Okay. So um, this morning before I went to work, I do 12 and a half hour shifts. Um, so there's a day shift and a night shift where I work. Um, so I woke up quite early doing what I've done over the last few days, which I'm sure so many people have done, which is think, is this a bad dream that I've just had? And I normally switch on Radio 2 and then normally the news comes on at, say, half past five, six o'clock. And obviously you realise that, no, it's not a bad dream. It actually is real life at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to put something out onto um, social media. Um, and this is what I wrote. So sad right now, but no, I'm doing the right thing. My three beautiful daughters will stay with their father until the foreseeable and I will continue working 12-hour shifts. Looking after someone else's mother or father, sister, brother, grandparent. I will go and drop shopping to my mother who is 76 and on her own. I will then go out and I will help as many people as I can with shopping and other necessities as part of many amazing community groups out there. I will then go home to my empty house. No children's laughter, no hug from a partner after a tough day. All people are being asked to do is stay home. Is that really such a sacrifice? Please, to make the time away from my children as short as is possible, please stay home. Enough said. So that's what I put out um, about six o'clock this morning. And I had so many responses from my friends and family just supporting me, saying, you know, I don't feel like a hero. A lot of them were saying I'm a hero. I'm not a hero. Just an ordinary, everyday person doing a a pretty normal job most of the time. Somebody has to do that job and look after these people because they need nursing care. But you sacrificed your private life to look after strangers in a way, really, haven't you? they don't become strangers. I've only been there since January this year, so not long at all. But literally within weeks they become part of your world because you're spending so much time with them. So I went off shift today and one of the residents was feeling really, really low, bless her. She, All of our residents have had to go into their rooms for their own um, protection so they're not mixing with each other. Um, so that's what I was going to ask. What precautions are being taken to keep people safe, residents and workers? So we're in what we call semi-lockdown. So the only people that are coming in and out of the nursing home are the people that work there and then very um, necessary maintenance people like when our lift breaks or something major needs repairing, 
Apart from that, everything else has stopped. So we don't have anyone coming in and entertaining the old people like we normally used to every day. We'd have a different person coming in, you know, doing singing or maybe a church service. or So they've lost all of that. What is the atmosphere like now? It's quite surreal. The first day I went in, and this was even before the lockdown and everything else was happening in the whole country. Um, last week, we um, our company that owns our nursing home owns 300 nursing homes in the country. They made the decision that all of the residents needed to go in their rooms for their own protection, as in they can't then mix with each other. So if one does unfortunately catch this virus... We can use all the barrier nursing methods that we can to prevent that then transferring to other residents. Um, so my poor hands are literally, they're actually splitting, they're so dry from the amount of times we have to wash them, which I don't mind doing. It's a good, it's not really a sacrifice, it's just a necessity. But um, yeah, my poor hands are really going through at the moment. And how do they check the workers? Oh, so when we come in in the mornings now, this started um, latter part of last week, they take our temperature. So before we can even enter the building, our temperature's taken to make sure we haven't got a fever because one of the main um, notifying symptoms of coronavirus is a really high fever. And then if you were found to have, obviously, a fever, you'd be sent home. Uh, at the moment, we've got five members of staff off sick. I mean, obviously, we are still in the season of colds and flu anyway, so you can't necessarily put that down to this virus. But um, the staff are being very sensible if they're showing any symptoms of a really um, bad cough or fever. They are self-isolating, so they won't be coming in, which obviously then puts more pressure on the rest of us to pick up the slack. It's better to err on the side of caution, though, isn't yes, it? Yes, definitely. Do you receive daily updates from your bosses and yes. from the government? They fill you in with um, what's going on? I don't know necessarily that we have anything from the government. Obviously, we do watch the news. The news is on. We try and turn it over sometimes because it does get a bit much for the residents, literally. It's constantly on the news, on the television. Um, and I do worry for their mental health. I do worry a lot of our um, residents. I've got dementia and anxiety issues. So um, it's, we have to be really careful that they're not just sitting in their rooms, if you could imagine it, you know, apart from when we visit to do various different things, because they're now not able to socialise with each other, it does make them very lonely. Do they realise something's going on? Um, we've got a few residents that haven't got dementia, and yes, they do to a degree. Um, some of our residents, they forget. You tell them, they'll ask a question and then they forget because their short-term memory's gone. So they know something's going on. They feel the difference in the home, but I wouldn't necessarily... I'd say probably 85% of them haven't really got an understanding. So how are people being entertained then? Are they? Do they have televisions in their rooms? Yeah, and... they've got televisions and radios. And we know the residents well to know what their likes and dislikes are. So we know which radio stations to put on for certain people, like some like classical music, some like 60s. Yeah, and we know the ones that want the television on and quite a lot of them can request different things. But you say no visitors are allowed. That must be very heartbreaking for the families as well. It is really heartbreaking. We have allowed one lady to come in because her husband is end of life. Um, so he's expected to pass away within the next few days so 
we made the decision as um, a home to allow her to come in and spend the last few days with her husband. Um, but with that, it, it's quite surreal because we can't really get in contact with her. So we let her in the home. She has to go directly to his room. We're not allowed in that room when she's in the room. And then she rings the bell when she wants to go home and we let her out, but we're not allowed any contact for obvious reasons. Yeah, and a lot of the residents are used to seeing a family member every day. So for them, it is a massive part of their life that's now just disappeared. Because you don't just work there either. You also go and visit your own parents and other people in the community who need help, don't you? Yes, I've got um, my dad and my stepmom are local. Um, They're both over 70. My mum is on her own. She's 76, um, living in Bexhill, so it's a bit of a worry for me. Um, So I just have to make sure she's got all the shopping she needs and I literally leave it outside her door. We have a little chat at a very great distance and then I get my car and drive back home. Yeah. Do you get to see your daughters at all? It's only really happened the fact that they are going to be um, self-isolating with my ex-partner. So the last time I saw them was Monday. Um, I've spoken to them on WhatsApp. I've FaceTimed them on WhatsApp. And I've said I'm going to be reading my youngest, who's five, a bedtime story every other night on WhatsApp so that she knows. But I don't think she really completely understands. And at the moment, it's very early days, whether, you know, it will be as easy as the weeks and weeks go on, depending on how long this goes on for, and not being able to give them a hug and... It's going to be tough, I understand that, but it's for the greater good, if you like, and also in the great scheme of their life, it's a very small percentage of time. You know, I hope they won't remember it. Um, as a, They're going to remember it, obviously they're going to remember it, but I hope they remember it as maybe having a little bit more of a connection with each other as siblings. So that was Martina Mercer there talking to Joe yesterday and from a safe distance, of course. And well done to Joe for all her hard work and dedication, not forgetting all the other workers doing the same work in and around Helsham. Now, for some good news. A group of volunteers in Helsham have been giving up their time to put together care packages for NHS staff who work and live around Helsham. Last week, Residents were being asked to donate goods for these care packages, such as pasta, tinned tomatoes and baked beans, etc. And these were offered out to NHS staff who just couldn't get to the shops or found the shelves were empty when they got there. Earlier, I spoke to Harry Chatfield, who's one of the organisers behind the operation, who told me how the idea came about. Me and Lewis... Williams, who I work for, uh, we work for where well, he owns a gardening and grounds maintenance company. It was last Friday. We were we we were luckily one. Well, he was lucky. One of the businesses that was largely unaffected at, at that point. Um, so we were just going. It was just a normal day at work for us, really, which felt odd considering everything else that was going on, both in the community and um, across across the country, really. So we we were sat there and just started brainstorming what so, something we could do because it didn't it didn't quite feel right just carrying on as normal, and we felt we had the capabilities to be able to do something, um, and we sort of identified NHS workers as a group that we really wanted to help. We saw that video of the 
of the woman um, sort of distraught after going to the supermarket after I think it was a 48 hour shift and not being able to get her hands on just basic fruit and veg and that sort of thing. So it all just went from there, really. We, we looked at trying to get, get our hands on some dried goods because we didn't want to sort of compound the issue by sourcing from supermarkets and that sort of thing because it was all, it was all a response to the sort of mass panic buying thing anyway, really. So we didn't, we didn't want to sort of contribute to that issue. So we managed to get put in contact with a, um, with a catering supplier and because of the lack of demand from restaurants and the hospitality industry for which is who they normally supply they basically opened up a click and collect service or an order and collect service sorry for the public so we managed to get our hands on a on a sort of bulk supply of fruit and veg and a few bare essentials and put together a few pretty basic packages just just a few essentials potentially to just save them that one trip down the shop and just it started from there, really. So, as you said, I mean, the, the the main fear there was to be actually taking provisions off the shelf, you know, which, as you said, is is the main problem anyway. So, yeah, on the back of your appeal, you you had a great response, didn't you? I mean, what what kind of people have actually responded to your appeal? Oh, it's it's been incredible. Every, everything from just individuals, family members, friends, um, people who I haven't spoke to since school who messaged me and said, "We've seen, I've seen what you're trying to do. If I can help you even just delivering or if there's anything I can do, I'm more than happy to help. Uh, and then we've had, we've had members of the sort of local business community, Richard Bell from PRB um, Consulting. He's based down by sort of Lloyd's Banks I think at the the town house down there he's been incredible his him and a couple of members of his team have been amazing both in terms of donations and packaging and delivering um like I said I don't know if you saw today Hook and Son have given us a refrigerated van which has meant we can accept donations from places like Craig's who gave us a load of bacon and sausages and milk, which we wouldn't have been able to accept had we not had a refrigerated van. So it it, it really is at the community at every level, from individual to, to local businesses to local franchises of national chains. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. incredible yeah, it's incredible, isn't it, how the community really do come together when it's, when it's needed. Obviously, you've got to the point now where you're delivering these packages out to NHS workers, how yeah. do they feel when you turn up with these provisions? I, I think that's, that's one of the strangest things is that it 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 feels like it's something so basic and it and it's 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 it really is just fruit and veg and and it, whatever tins we can get our hands on, a few tea bags that sort of things. But it it doesn't feel like you're giving that based on the response of some of the staff. I think really this the the whole panic buy thing has been has been crazy and. Uh, and a disgrace, really. I think it, it's, in some ways it's been fed back into by constant images of empty shelves from news, from media outlets on the national news. That's all you've seen, which in some ways encourages people to go down and, and it, it just feeds back into that panic. But And, and, and you can see the relief on, on these workers' faces when they get their hands on what should be basic essentials. So I, I, th- I think it, it's it's... That's it's a bit of a weird one, really, because it, it the reaction doesn't sort of line up with with what 
you feel like you're offering, if, if that makes any sense. But no, it's 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 just something really basic, which it seems like it has has gone down really well. So that's. Well, I mean, you you think it's basic? Well, obviously, you know they are. You're make you're giving such a fantastic service to the people that are ultimately giving us a fantastic service at the moment yeah. so finally harry what, what is your call to action for you know to people that have got things or want to help out what's your call to action i, th- I think it's, it's as much um yeah the, the donations have been amazing and that's that saves um food donations means we don't have to go out and and purchase stuff or use we can means we can use the monetary donations sort of more efficiently um just but but whatever people want to give or feel they can give it there's, there's no even even when we're asked for donations from people we delivered well we don't ask for donations that's the thing we, we we've given people the option but by no means do we expect donations we've, we've been lucky enough to have lewis and richard who have who have both been very generous in their um supporting of what we've been doing and and it's it really just comes down to if if we can continue this if if people want if the demand's there and if people want want it to continue and if and ultimately if the nhs staff need it to continue if if it gets to a point where shops are restocked or then maybe we'll, we'll look look into sort of other stuff but all the time it's needed if the donations are there it's incredible and, and it's it it's making their lives so much easier which is is the most important thing Absolutely. Obviously, the call is for for donations, and it's obviously to offer the boxes out as well. Where do people go to online to to do either? So we do have a GoFundMe page. A lot of what we've done has been through our Facebook page. We've got it's called Helsham NHS Care Packages. Rob Wilkinson has been amazing on so he's very good with social media. He's he's and we've tried to sort of circulate as much, as much as we can to make just to make people aware. So. They can only access these packages if they get in contact with us and if they're aware. Um, so that's that's a, that's another big thing for us is is to spread it on social media because that does seem to be a good way to get in touch with these members of staff that could that could possibly do with the help. So it is it, as much as it is donating, it's also spreading the word. And if you've got any family members who work for the NHS, if, if you work at the NHS, if you could mention it to your to the other guys in your office. Yeah, spreading the word, I think, is just as important as, as any donation. So We will certainly spread the word, Harry, and um, thank you on behalf of, um, well, anyone receiving them and on behalf of the community, really, because it's people like you that keep the community running at times when it's needed. So thank you for joining me on Skype this afternoon. And no worries. stay safe. Hi to everybody. And- and most importantly, a thank you to all those staff because there's a lot of people that aren't. We've all been, a lot of us have been told that we don't need to work now, but that's certainly not the case for any of them. So that's I think that's what that's that's what this all comes down to. That's the crux of of what we're doing. So I think that's the most important. Thank you. So that was Harry Chatfield there from the NHS care packages being delivered in Helsham, and a big well done to them. Finally, we must emphasise the importance of keeping to the government guidelines in this unprecedented time. Please remember, only leave the house for exercise once a day, infrequent shopping trips and work journeys only if absolutely necessary. 
if you do, please ensure you keep two meters from other people to uh, avoid the spread of the disease. Also, just one final thing, please be careful of scams. Unfortunately, these kind of situations do bring out con men and people looking to make a quick buck. So please, please be careful. Don't give your details or pay for anything that you wouldn't normally expect to. We'll cover this more in detail in a later podcast. So that was our first Helsham News podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and please get involved. The Helsham News and talk group on Facebook is the place for the community to discuss and ask questions. And in these times, it's a great place to pull together and help those who need it. Until the next time, stay safe. Thanks for listening. This has been Paul Gibson for the Helsham News Podcast 2020.